So there you are, with the girl of your dreams. It's starting to get real, and the time has come. The true test. The first kiss. It all comes down to this moment. And you ask yourself, do I have what it takes? Well, if you were coached by the almost magical figure Alex Hitchens, then you probably do. Who is Hitch? He is the dating consultant Agogo. Charismatically played by Will Smith, Hitch makes his living helping lost men figure out what it takes to woo the girl of their dreams. Released in 2005, the Will Smith picture was basically an instant hit. Starring gorgeous people like Smith and Eva Mendez, the comedy also featured a breakout role for Kevin James, who has come to rule your nightmares as Paul Blart, mall cop. For a studio rom-com, this film is surprisingly insightful when it comes to the philosophy of dating and embracing your true identity, for better or worse. This would be one of the last great rom-coms of the aughts, before it gave way to the Katherine Heigl era of 27 Dresses and the like. But until then, this is Hitch. Welcome to A Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Coms. Who are you? With my lovely co-host. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Hi. Hi. It's your name, idiot. Oh, Kelly McCrillis. And Ryan Graves. Um Ryan. Who are you, Kevin James or Will Smith? Oh, Kevin James, one hundred percent. Um, yeah, I can I can vouch for that. That's true. Kevin James is adorable in this movie. He is. Um, I've heard some stories that he's not a pleasant person in person, but I'm like, I don't need to know that. I don't want that influencing me watching this. And maybe maybe it's just complete one hundred percent baloney. Yeah, I, um, I I don't know. We I don't take it that those kind of things seriously, but I'm just kind of like I try not to. I don't even want the whisper of a rumor getting into my headspace. <laughs> um I so the last thing I saw Kevin James in, and don't worry, we'll get to Mr. Smith, okay? Um but the last thing I saw Kevin James in was Paul Blart Mall Cop two, which <laughs> I watched specifically for the worst idea of all time, the podcast. And mm-hmm. holy moly, it's so bad. It's <laughs> the comedy in it is like taking slapstick absurdist humor and then like, like, oh, I don't even want to say it, it does some disgusting stuff to it, though. Las Vegas. Take it in, Cupcake. I'm finally working the big leagues. I'm so proud of you. I heard you're pretty good on one of those things. I've been known to dabble. Oh! Monkey hopping it. Oh! oh. <laughs> I missed it! And um, in that way, it's kind of entertaining. But in that way, it's also like, why am I? Why was this? How was this? Um, but Kevin James and Will Smith, to some extent, are really good physical actors in this movie. Oh, like, yeah. Hyper impressive. Yeah. Will Smith is an excellent physical comedian, I must say. Um, like just like when he kicks Eva Mendez in the face. And he has great form where has- it's just like. I know. And his legs are so long. It's like, <laughs> it was like watching, you know, when discus people extend their arms really far at the end. It was like yeah. that, but kicking and on a sea 
Yeah. And even Mendez has a great like bunk yeah. face. Yeah, too. she really she's does. Great. She's really great. Why don't why aren't there more Eva Mendez movies? I, I guess I, she's in some movies, but I I couldn't name a one not looking at her IMDB though. But I Robin was like, Who is that? And I was like, Oh, that's Eva Mendez. And I was like, How do I know that? I don't know, but I do. <laughs> oh, you know what's weird? Uh Tonight's social uh, media post features Ryan Gosling, and they're still married, right? Him and Eva Mendes. Oh, you're going to have to ask your wife. She's the one who has all the hot gas. She would know. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that's the story. Um, and I think my brain knew that in the back of its head and was like, what do I want to post about tonight? Wait, and so your like, brain well, has the back of its head? Yeah. <laughs> and it it's like, how about Eva Mendes' husband? Or if they're not together now later not husband yeah, maybe your subconscious put that together um yeah uh, so this movie starts um ryan just let's get right into it what is this movie about tell me a story turk let me tell you a story about love D'Artagnan. i ask you about love probably quote me a sonnet i'm not much more than an interpreter and not very good at telling stories that's the end what do you mean that's the end that's not it's the beginning of something interesting listen that's the end of that saga the end. This movie is about predatory behavior and stalking women. No, it's not. <laughs> um, what? Here, do you want me to take a, a gander at this one? No, it's my job. Okay, it is your job, and you'll do it until you die. Sorry, continue. So, Alex Hitchens, <laughs> Hitch Hitchens, um, is a uh, image consultant for aspiring romantic men who are having trouble sealing the deal on mm, getting involved with the object of their affection okay that is that a just fair to, way to put yeah, it yeah to clear things up it's not he's not a hookup doctor he's a hey so you want to date this person i'm going to craft a situation that might get them interested in dating you kind of guy yeah, but also an image consultant on, like, let's make the best you. Like, he's... Oh, for sure. He's, like, the straight eye for the straight guy thing. Yeah, although that... although I think he was um, getting some interest from some gay clients as well, like his, like Paolo, uh, his his doorman. And oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think the, the market's there if he continues in his pursuits after this movie. That definitely would have been an aspect to his job if it were made this year that he would be far more like it would be the the field that he would be helping out is would be far more like LGBT and trans and like lots of different kind of relationships. But this is just like I'm just helping straight dudes be straight dudes. Yeah. I mean, he he, I I see Will Smith being a um, an omni relational kind of helper expert. But Did you see him as the genie in Aladdin? No, I didn't, but I heard he was good. Yeah, and I didn't see it, but I just figured, well, I've already seen Hitch. I've already <laughs> seen him be a magic genie for a man before. Uh, <laughs> and so now he's just doing it again. He's helping a he's like, like he'll right, just help Aladdin, Aladdin get... Here's the thing. Princesses <laughs> don't like it when you bow to them. I mean, Princess Jasmine, uh, pretty much the same like pressure... Uh, of Allegra Cole, right? Like Princess in Arabia or Agrabah. Isn't that what it's called? Agrabah. Well, Agrabah, Agrabah is in Arabia. Oh, okay. Okay. Princess. Don't fact check us. Okay. <laughs> Princess and heiress. Is she an heiress? What does she do? 
She's um, just rich. You know, I'm not exactly sure how the um, how the throne of Agrabah was passed down generation to generation. No, Allegra Cole. What does oh. Allegra Cole do? Uh, no, she is a... <laughs> I don't think we're told, unless, unless you really zoom in on one of the rags that um, we see in the movie. I feel like... She is a, 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 a celebrity. She's almost filling like a place card trope of just being a celebrity. But she's independently wealthy. She's very wealthy. She's okay. She's very wealthy, but she also doesn't know necessarily what she wants to do with her money. So she has this board of directors and Kevin James, or it's like a board of accountants almost, but they're yeah. just taking care of her money. And Kevin yeah. James is on that board and he wants to date her. And so he hires Hitch to set them up basically. Mm-hmm. And antics ensue. Uh, what else happens? Well, Hitch also meets his match for his own romantic life in the gossip reportist. Reportist, I'm yep. a reportist for yep. the gossip column. Reporter for the New York Post, New no. York Post, or something like that. No, something more. Uh, more. I think it's like the Sun lucrative. or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, more of a tabloid thing. That's front okay. page tabloid stuff. And then. Um, romantic and comedic miscommunications, but, but things get complicated between the couples because of, unless (laughs) you're, are you speaking to me in rom-com? Uh, we need these kind of conflicts. Sure. I forgot we're in a movie. Oh, here's a conflict. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, this felt very well planned. It really did. It, um, like down to like little details like Hitch showing up at the end and us thinking that the guy that Eva Mendez is with is like a new guy she's dating, but it's actually her sister's husband. Stuff like okay. that. Okay. That's the one thing I'm actually gonna say wasn't real planned. <laughs> oh really? It it seemed it seemed to at least have like a gotcha forethought to it. It did have a gotcha moment, but it was just kind of like it had the bare minimum setup where yeah. She had referenced her sister before in a different conversation. She's like, that's my sister. It's like the one who almost died in the lake. Yeah, she's coming to visit me. It's Were like, you mad because oh. she didn't have ice skates on or something? <laughs> no, but it just felt like it felt like such a weird switcheroo that it that it felt like the only plot element that was tacked on because uh, we'll get to the the third act later, but I feel like the third act like many wrong well, let's plots let's at least skim are... it so that we finish doing story time for once well let's just should we just should we put it on a shelf and get to it when we get to it because i feel like we need to talk out okay. the plot so well, that we can get to the third act right okay. yeah okay so but just to everybody gets together okay now now continue <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> studio rom-com strikes again <laughs> that's a good headline um, and I will say, um, I would like the headline on this story to be, this is one of the finest studio rom-coms that's not driven by no tour. So that's a really long headline. Here is your headline. Scrin area paper company, Dunder Mifflin apologizes to valued client. Some companies still know how business is done. <laughs> Well, I'll just say finest studio rom-com and I'm going to put an asterisk. Is it big? <laughs> and then you need to confer the asterisk on the footnote. <laughs> and the footnote is in parentheses, not driven by a, a tour. 
Well, I mean, uh, what's his name? Uh, the director of this movie. Uh, not a household name. No, Richard he's not Curtis, a, he's household, not a household name, name among rom-com fans. However, Nora I, Ephron, Rob Reiner, Andy, these are Andy, the auteurs. Andy Tennant, um, he, he isn't an auteur, but I would say he's a connoisseur of the rom-com genre. He's almost specifically only does rom-coms. I, like, I know he's done Ever After, and I think he did a Matthew McConaughey, Charlize Theron film. Uh, the one, uh, no, the one where he's Kate speech dude, Hudson, Kate Hudson, Kate Hudson. Yeah. Um, what's that one? I think he did fool's gold. Fool's gold. That's the one. Thank you. My walking IMDB. But uh, there is such a sincere, and I mean, this is a compliment. There's such a lack of personality in the filmmaking. It, there really is like it's, it's invisible directing, but not in a bad way. Exactly. And that's why I say it's a fine studio rom-com because when we talk about Nora Ephron or we talk about Richard Curtis, you know, in a Nora Ephron movie that it's going to be very chatty and it's going to be very witty. It's got a style to it. Yeah. And it's got classy, you know, Harry Connick Jr. kind of music in it. And there's just all these stylistic things that make it Nora Ephron. Same thing with Richard Curtis. It's probably got Hugh Grant in it. And it's probably one of Hugh Grant's better films. And he has a different way of doing like ensemble driven comedy, like Four Weddings Mm -hmm. and a Funeral, Notting Hill have very good ensembles. This has no like person. I mean, maybe if we watched all of Annie Tennant's films, we'd be like, ah, we see this through line of like, there is an auteur, you know, working at this. Well, there's a lot more going on in a movie like ever after, but I'll wait until we get there. It's, um, I think that's my, mainly setting though, but he, mm-hmm. he, he has a flair for the romantic moment very much. Andy Tennant does where mm-hmm. like, he'll, he'll have a moment where somebody gets like jumps on a car in order to prove their love or shows up at a ball in a, in a very beautiful gown. And they like, there's a lot of hero moments in these films. Um, so I, but other than that, I don't, I can't point to anything offhand. Well, you know how you go, um, when you're in Disneyland and everything just feels the whole experience has been thought through and like you go from one corner to the next and it feels very consistent and you just, the whole experience of Disneyland is really lovely because it's just, you feel taken care of by the design. Yeah. Um, now compare that to when you and I went to the Multnomah whiskey library and that was similarly well thought out in its design, but not from this big corporate way of doing it. It was very personal. You know, it felt very, of a kind, very uh, unique. <laughs> I love how you're comparing a restaurant and one that is basically a, a big room <laughs> to like one of the biggest theme parks in the world. <laughs> well, but that's my point is that this is a studio rom-com. This has so much money behind it. It's got this great soundtrack and it's got really good uh, cinematography just by the nature of like they took months to record to film it. Yes, it is. It's got big budget. It's got like this movie is spending so much money on like getting Will Smith just mm-hmm. there for as long as they have it. Cause he's in like every scene in this movie almost um, like, do you think this is what really cemented Will Smith as an adult actor? Uh, no, I think you think independence did. day. 
Independence Day, Men in Black, the two, the one two punch. Uh, Independence or uh, Men in Black, for some reason, still felt like it felt like I was watching um, the Fresh Prince become an adult. And then this movie was like where I saw him like be an adult. Um, there's something so I'm trying to think of another actor who's in the Will Smith like category because the fresh prince, the the whole (laughs) idea of the French prince is that he is the like avatar of youth. And he's like, man, parents just don't understand. All the same, no matter time, no place. They don't understand that us kids are going to make some mistakes. So to you other kids all across the land, there's no need to argue. Parents just don't understand. That's his whole thing, right? Uh, I mean, he's 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 just super cool. And he also, you know, is he's he's more from like he's not from Bel Air. And so he's just like a fish out of water. And so he's like the really yeah. cool one. And everybody else is super stuffy. Well, well, not everybody I'm, like his his younger cousin is is yeah. not so much and Jazz, I'm dj curious, jesse jeff oh yeah i'm curious to see the career of michael b jordan unfold um because if you watch black panther michael b jordan just is so much more interesting on screen than chadwick boseman and uh him in just mercy feels like oh he can do really fun comic book roles but he can also do like serious dramatic roles too i'm curious to see where he goes he's not known as like a really funny charismatic personality that will smith was but i'm trying to think men in black was basically the big marvel movie in the 90s uh, right like that was the equivalent. yeah yeah i think so that was the, probably the closest thing to a marvel movie um yeah well um men in black was what early 2000s 97 97 wow yeah i guess so (laughs) um but yeah will smith is probably i i have here the only person who could have done this (laughs) like will will smith can pull off charming suave like safe yet daint like fun and dangerous all at the same time in a way where you can't i i don't know how to be mad at will smith ever as a character i don't know what he could do that would i'd be like no nah, i'm not on your team anymore did you see hancock there's a lot of did you sees in this episode but did you see hancock well yeah but it, you know it He's, wasn't great but that, does, that doesn't mean that no it's not. <laughs> i don't like will smith in it no no i know my point is it's not a very good movie because Will Smith is kind of going against type in that movie. And we're just kind of like, uh, nah, like that's not why we like Will Smith. We don't like him being, um, disagreeable. We like him Mm. being fun and charismatic. Um, yeah, very much like he was in pursuit of happiness. Oh, he's so heartwarming in that. (laughs) Yeah, he is. Okay. Um, so I mean this, this movie you're, you're constructing like a, like a straight man and um another straight man (laughs) no yes yes very much (laughs) but another goofball um in kevin james and then eva mendez is kind of one of those perfect foils because um she she's kind of on the lookout for everybody that for for everything that hitch is so close to being but is too good to be 
oh, keep going. I want to learn more about what that statement is. <laughs> well, like basically, Will Smith is by nature of his hurt. We find out that like when he was in college, he had his first big romance and she broke his heart. And so this is kind of a story about him becoming vulnerable again, like so many of our good rom-coms are. Mm-hmm. Um, but what Hitch does is he sets up other people to fall in love so he can be safe and at a distance. And he plays the role of the player who like goes home with somebody from the club and then doesn't have to talk to them. We get like one morning after walk from him. And yeah, yeah, yeah. After he remember, he like leaves his buddy who he's playing pool with that we see for like a second. And then he's like, I'm going to go take them home. And then the next morning is just him like kind of in the same clothes walking down the street. I was not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> but what what I'm saying is he's he is he is those guys that we see come up and talk to her but suck or like the yeah the investment banker that is super mean to her friend um yeah. or I, you know at least sleeps with her and then leaves and is a douchebag um but he has a conscience and so he is kind, he respects women, and then he just can't go any further than that. So he's just like a permanent single dude. Well, it's interesting because he, I need to go back and like triple check if you're correct. <laughs> if he did go home with Paula Patton, who. Wait, which um, one's Paula Patton? She's the girl that he hits on in the bar. Oh, whew. sorry, but whew. yeah, she's same with Eva Mendez. Can I say, whew. yeah, this is a gorgeous cast all across the board. Even Kevin yeah. James is cute. Like, yeah, even Kevin James is cute. It's true. Um, but like Will Smith and her, like forget them's, about it. Dems, dems babies. <laughs> yeah. Make, make them babies. So we don't see him. We see him use a line, right? Like, Hitch uses a line on her. With the dollar bill? Yeah. Hey, uh, baby, can I get a couple Coronas over at the pool table, please? Thanks. Excuse me. Excuse me. Lime wedges in the bottle's fine. Hey, asshole, I don't work here. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, um, the paramedics are going to have to come to get my foot out of my mouth, sweetheart. Just don't let it happen again. Uh I knew you didn't work here. You did. Yeah, how else was I supposed to get you away from all those guys? Yeah, it's more a move than a line, but sure. It's a move. And when I first watched it, like back when I was a teenager, I was like, nice. And now when I was watching, I'm like, really? Is that the best you got? Like at the in the end, and I think the movie is getting at this, and I think this is intentional, um, is like... It's not about the lines. It's not about the moves. It's just being about, you know, re- being real with someone. That's that's how you pick someone up. Um, and I think, well, I don't know no. how aware I, the I'm going to actually, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on that. Um, because to, to pick somebody up, I think the line in the move is, I mean, it works for if you're with somebody and they want to be picked up or you want to be picked up. Or, you know, however that works, like that's kind of the world that he has chosen to be in. Yeah. 
And so I think it works for that because sure, he he basically pretends to mistake her for a waitress. And so she gets mad and follows him out of like this big group of guys. And he is being clever, but he's not being sincere until he tells her like, hey, you know, I, I knew you weren't. So I'm going to schmooze a little bit and then they go home. Um, but when he's real with um, with Eva Mendez, that builds an actual relationship. And so this movie is arguing yeah. that in order to do that, you have to be real. But I think I, I'm going to come down on the side of you have moves like that. It's like a, a basketball player. You you call out specific <laughs> plays for specific reasons. I am not good at doing this. I never dropped lines and bars. Like this is a little sneak preview behind like the curtain of Kelly back in his dating days. I never use lines or moves. So I don't know how those go. But from an outside perspective, I would say that worked. Um. Okay. Here's here's the here's a, a small quibble that I don't really care about, but I think it's an interesting thing to bring up. Um, what does the investment banker want with Eva Mendes's friend? He wants to hit it and quit it. As what in is, his words, what does Will Smith want with Paula Patton? I think something very similar. Um, however. That does not make them the same. No, no, I'm not saying they're the same, but I'm saying they're the movie doesn't realize how dangerously close they are as people, as characters. I think it does. It, but it, go it, ahead. Like I want to hear. I want to hear your reasoning. I think. I think zoomed out objectively, the only real difference is their attitude towards women on the whole. That um, the investment banker is a literal misogynist and a literal chauvinist, whereas Will Smith is respects women and is just kind of like hey i want to connect to you you want to connect to me you know here's my line <laughs> here's my fit mm-hmm. here's my play if you want to hang out with me we can keep going if not whatever i don't care sure and there's the attitude is definitely different and will smith's attitude is still respectful sure but there's something it kind of conflates like Oh, the investment bakers, it like doesn't draw that line. And I, this, this movie's not like smart enough to really get into the delineations of like wanting sex versus how you get it and chauvinism and, you know, all the different terrible toxic things that come with it. But well, here, can I, can I, can I maybe jump on to, you want to throw that ball to me for a second? Yeah. Okay. Kick it over to you. Nice. Thanks. Um, I think what we have here are just two different men who are interested in having superficial relationships, right? Mm -hmm. And like anybody who wants a superficial relationship, that's fine. You don't need to have extremely deep relationships with everybody that you date or are sexually intimate with. Um, That really depends on what kind of person you are and what you're looking for. And in our society today, you can kind of pick and choose. So what we have are two different characters who are different sides of that same coin or that same intent where the banker represents basically, like you were saying before, the superficial yet misogynistic way of um, connecting with somebody Mm -hmm. or, or finding romance, I guess, if you can call it that. And Will Smith represents the more personal genuine 
respectful way of doing that, even if he doesn't get vulnerable amidst it. And what this movie does in a very, I think you're right, basic way is says, you know, sometimes you're just doing that because you're afraid to get personal. Let me put it to you in this, in this regard. Um, if you throw um, Albert versus the banker, Albert is um, Kevin James, Kevin James. So then you have a completely different type of relationship that the movie is saying that the movie is saying um, actually what's true and noble and good is pursuing a deep seated, a deep, strong bond relationship, because I feel like that's like the ultimate, the best good that Hitch does is create relationships or at least like Hitch is like, I did nothing like he, his lesson in the end is like, I did nothing for Albert and Allegra Cole in the end. It really was just him being himself. It's like you nudged him out the door. That's what he needed. He, yeah. he just needed the confidence boost. Um, I feel like this movie does that. It says Will Smith knows what is good for, for the world in a manner of speaking. Like he, it, he lives vicariously through these men. I think if, if we're, if we were, Hey, if uh, Kelly and Ryan rewrote this movie, hit it. You write your first draft with your heart and you rewrite your head um if 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 this movie dug a little deeper into his psyche um we would we would find out that hitch really was living vicariously through these men that he was setting up with these women because he wants to be there like he he and his friend are basically having that conversation around the pool table at the beginning of the film but he just won't let himself get there. And so he's made his entire life about it. Mm -hmm. I think it, I think we would treat Hitch differently if we had a scene of him going with Paula Patton to her place and having some kind of sexy scene between them. I think that would have colored our opinion on Hitch altogether. You mean if we had like a morning after scene where he, he was like putting on his clothes and she's like, Hey, where are you going? He's like, Oh, you know, I just busy early day at like my consulting job or something. Yeah. Because ultimately something like that had to happen and it could have been, it could have been completely mutual, but it would have been, it would have been, I think it would have complicated our like point of view. Sure. And this movie is, is nothing if not, not very complicated. (laughs) Yeah. So I love what it is. Mm -hmm. I just think it's interesting where they're like, uh, Hitch is kind of a player, but not like that kind of player. That's a bad kind of player. All right, let's let's talk because let, let's talk about we've talked a lot about Hitch being Hitch Hitchens, Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Eva Mendez's character. Her name is Sarah Miles. She is a very interesting character to me because <laughs> uh, my third note is. <clears throat> Let's check off all of the rom-com boxes. Gay best friend at work. <sighs> okay. So tired of that. Writer at a major magazine. Yep. Cynical about love and romance. Okay. Check, 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 check. We got all these boxes. Um, but she's also 
what kind of puts a twist on things is her work is one wouldn't call it necessarily reprehensible, but it's not something that as a society we're like, oh yeah, you're doing the good work. Mm -hmm. You're, you're writing about like, you know, current events or you're trying to bring light to something. It's, she doesn't have a hallmark job. She has like a down and dirty New York rag job. Basically, she's a gossip columnist and she and likes being a gossip columnist. She really likes it and she thrives at it. Um, her boss, which is, can I just say really quick? Her boss is way too invested in her personal life. It's <laughs> like, I like that sometimes with movies, but in this one, it was just kind of weird for me until they started going on this weird double date. It was weird for me all around. I, I didn't like his scenes very much. Oh, I like, I like Adam Arkin. I like his, uh, I like, persona. I like him as an actor. I yeah. just think it's a the it was basic like it was it was basic in a hallmarky way but um i think that's part of the we, the story we, is her job being somewhat reprehensible and but but it it's not there really like, it's it's there because part of the like heartache of the late stage conflict is sarah is torpedoing the relationship between um Albert and Allegra and we are rooting for Albert and Allegra and now we're mad at Sarah for hurting their relationship because yeah, of what she, she basically published. she basically exposes that they were set up by Hitch when she, when she figures it out um mm-hmm. and like she she seems to have a moral compass herself because she says you know I'm I'm basically protecting the the women of the world from gross creeps like you Right. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't necessarily connect to her backstory in any way. That's fine, I guess. Um, but overall, it they, they don't get into whether what she does is necessarily good or bad. Like at the end of the story, she's not like, you know what, I'm going to, you know, do something else or I'm going to decide not to ruin this person's life or I'm going to write an op ed about like Albert and and what's her yeah yeah, or something yeah it it just it just kind of falls flat for me um but see i don't i don't think it falls flat and that's why i call it a good studio film because um because it's just forgotten well kind (laughs) of in a richard curtis movie they would address this like what's great about notting hill is that anna scott's career is so much about her identity and they deal with so much of the existential implications of being a famous actress. Yeah, that was a really good way to put that. They get into it. And, you know, he owns a travel bookstore and that's used for comedy, but also kind of used for like, well, that's how I see myself in society. I own this little bookstore. That's it. I'm never going to get, you know, at your level in terms of notoriety. And so, you know, a Richard Curtis movie like, well, let's talk about that. We 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 got time, right? Yeah, we got time. And, and it deals with that. Um, whereas Hitch is like, I don't want to deal with that. We're just going to move on. And <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't get into it because it's keeping this Disneyland of experience where it's like, we're not going to get into the really fine scotch here. We're getting an ice cream. You, yeah. You keep trying and to get the scotch that's 20 years old. We're just going out for ice cream. Like, like this movie, I think... Uh, even more, like we were talking a little about escapism in the Juno episode, but this movie is pure escapism. Mm-hmm. Like, like these people are all very rich. 
<laughs> they all have very successful jobs. Kevin James quits his job, but he's fine. Like, but we don't talk about that anymore. No. Um, Hitch has an amazing apartment. Um, uh, Eva Mendes's apartment is just also spectacular. It's like this loft. Yeah. Um, I... Like this movie, like Will Smith is like, hey, I set up three different dates. I sent like he does this really clever thing partway through the movie where he um, sends. Oh, sorry, what's her name again? Sarah Milas. I'll Sarah always remember because it's Sarah. Right. OK. Sarah Milas. He sends her um, like three different boxes at work along with like a walkie talkie that he talks to her with. And and like he planned three different dates just in case she said no to the first two, which is a fun, like funny conceit to, to like, like banter. But then his, his date that he takes her on is like renting a couple sea-doos traveling to this place where there's this guy that maybe presumably he hooked up with his wife at one point in time. And it's just like super involved and complicated. And God, how cool would it be to have the money to set up a date like that? Yeah, the resources. And I was just thinking, like, shame on us for not taking advantage, and we can't do it now, but we will again soon, of taking advantage of, like, we live in Portland. We've got, like, water stuff to do stuff. Like, why haven't we done something awesome ski-do date? Oh, well, yeah, and the Willamette's not necessarily a clean river, but it's cleaner than the Hudson. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I like that Um, line. I think a diaper got into it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I do have to say that Will Smith and, um, Eva Mendez is like acting in this movie. They have such chemistry when they first mm-hmm. meet. Yeah. Um, I think out of all of our on-star couples, uh, they're kind of up there near the top as yeah. far as like two characters who can both give it and take it and like are still kind of eyeing each other because like when they first meet each other, um, Hitch, they have this conversation kind of about their conversation. It's like meta, what mm-hmm. what would this interaction be like if we were both actually doing it poorly? And thus it's a really good conversation. Mm-hmm. And then but it's all about power too, because at one point in time you think that he's making waves and then he's like, but you know what? That's not gonna happen. And he just leaves. And it's such a power move. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. And like, I think Hitch as a character is all about making sure he retains and exercises his power when he knows he should. Yeah. And that's what kind of makes him a cool character. Like when Vance, is that his, the bad guy's name? Oh yeah. For, um, he at one point in time meets with Hitch and tries to get Hitch to set him up on a date with, um, weirdly enough, um, Sarah's friend. Um, and, he grabs Hitch's arm at one point in time and won't let go. And so Hitch like basically turns him around, shoves his face into the table and is like, don't touch me again. And it's like this really cool hero moment. And then uh, his, my favorite line is okay, pumpkin. Okay. Pumpkin. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Well, see, I'm more of a literal kind of guy. So when I do this, this is more like me saying that I will literally Break your shit off if you ever touch me again. Okay, pumpkin? But he he's set up to be this hero as opposed to Kevin James, who is also going after somebody who's like way out of his league rather than like really on par, like on the surface out of his league um, rather than on par like Eva Mendez is because Eva Mendez is basically the perfect equivalent to Will Smith in this movie 
or I guess Sarah and Hitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have these other characters who are so disparate, but Kevin James ends up being quite heroic in this movie and mm-hmm. dating. Um, yep. And he's I guess, the underdog and uh-huh. he does the underdog thing, which he is overcomes. He overcomes by being himself. And I think mm-hmm. more than anything else, this movie says, if you're going to, if you're going to go after anybody, you must be yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of like our whole thesis in making this be vulnerable, yeah, it, be yourself. And, you know, I don't want to call this movie superficial because if it were superficial, it would have nothing to say, but it does have something to say. So I don't know what you would call that, that um, it never I, gets deep. I think it's uncomplicated because, yeah. because what it's saying is right there on the surface. It's saying it well. It's not making you think too hard about it but it's um but it but it's still it's still saying something yeah and it's well stitched i feel like everything is stitched very well together that the plot works in a way that's that kind of grabs and holds your interest and you care about what's going to happen next and you get caught up in it and that's part of an escapist plot is getting caught up in what's going on of Mm. like oh my gosh what's going to happen when that happens because that's going to ruin this and i don't want that to ruin this because it'll ruin (laughs) that and we love that and we care about all the goals that the characters have that we want it to work out between hitch and sarah we want it to work out between albert and allegra and we see such a minefield of things that they're going to have to navigate and we're we're just holding on. And compare that back to, I love that this is our golden mean of mediocrity to all the boys I loved before. <laughs> it's really stuck with us, huh? <laughs> You're never worried Mm-mm. about what's going to happen next. Never once. I I've seen this movie like three or four times. And when I was watching at the end, I was like, Wait, does she get together with Will Smith? I can't really remember. Like, I'm mm-hmm. worried about them not being together. Mm-hmm. There's every every couple minutes, you're you're you get some new piece of information that complicates and excites what's happening. But to all the boys I loved before, it's just kind of like, and here's another scene starring the actors in this movie. Yeah, and they still feel the same way that they did a couple minutes ago. They might be confused about it, but they still feel it. And to be fair, let's let's be fair. There was no. <laughs> there was conflict into all the boys little before, and we just didn't go for it. Yeah. Um, let's see. But I think it's the, again, the experience of the conflict. It's not that it's just, it's not like a screenwriter just needs to like be like, uh, here's all the bad stuff. He really walks you down the primrose path he he just there's such a good guidance to it and that's why it's a well-made studio film well-directed because it knew what needed to be done to craft such a good experience like that and and the writer you're right the writer provides for us almost at every like almost every two or three minutes a a slight twist like Mm -hmm. be it him kicking her in the head and that like just being uh, 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 like when they go on their first date, it doesn't go perfectly. And that's kind of why he goes on a second date with her. Well, okay. So let's talk that out. So he takes her to Ellis Island mm-hmm. after, back, back. Af- after kicking her in the head on the, the sea 
Yeah, it backfires because the relative in her life is right. And that's the twist. A serial killer. Uh-huh. <laughs> Another twist. So the date at the end of the day backfires. And so what I didn't realize in this watch through is that he totally quit after that. He didn't ask her out again. He didn't no. ask her out for a second date because he thought he it gave was over. Up. He thought it was. He thought there was no coming back, which is kind of fascinating. Of like Hitch, the guy who's like. You know, telling all these clients to go for it. And he, after the first date, like gives up. Well, that's because of his rules. He has to, he sets up a perfect three date scheme. Oh, right. He's like, there's no, no, no. I can't get the good second. And that's actually what she likes is his kind of fun. He's fun and he's thoughtful, but he's imperfect, which makes him relatable. And I like how Sarah guides him in a manner of speaking. It's, It's through the writing where on their first kiss that they have the morning after they don't sleep together, but they just fall asleep on the couch together. She goes 90 and he goes the next 10. Um. And so again, it's another flip. This like this writing is almost, um, uh, what do I want to say? It's like undercover clever. Yeah. It's interesting. I I realize why I've been harping on this, like because you're a harpy. Ah ah. <laughs> when I'm harping on like Hitch's role as a player versus Vance's role as a player, and I realized it's because of the genre that we're in that we're talking about a Hollywood rom com and the ethics of the Hollywood Hollywood rom com that has to play really broadly and really unproblematically relatively speaking um and i think there is something of a uh chastity to certain rom-coms in the pg-13 realm versus the rated r realm or like uh, but this more... is this is pg right i think it's pg-13 what is it yeah some strong sexual references do you remember those <laughs> well he said hit it and quit it <laughs> Oh, I mean, I guess so. Um, so, like, Notting Hills, you know, we enjoyed that as teenagers, but there's something more grown up about Notting Hill, whereas Hitch is for, like, 13-year-olds. They can have a good time at at, at Hitch, whereas 12- and 13-year-olds, Notting Hill would be fun, but not as relatable to them. You not, know what I mean? I guess not as relatable. I watched it when I was, gosh, we moved in that house, 12, I guess, and really liked it. But then again... I watched those when I was younger, so. Yeah. Um, but I think part of it, and what episode did we talk about this? I guess to all the boys I loved before, of talking about, like, um, or depicting sexuality on screen that Hitch, like, one of the, like, noble aspects to Hitch and Sarah's relationship is, like, they had a lovely evening together, but they didn't have to sleep together to have a lovely evening together. Whereas... It's- it's noble in the Curtis. genre. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And mm. there's something built in about like a Christian, I'd, I'd call it like a Judeo-Christian ethic of like, oh, don't sleep until you're married to each other or something like that where oh, it's like- you know they did. <laughs> but wait, wait, that that night? No, or, not that no, night, they, but just like, come on. I know, I know. Yeah. But that's my point is that it's like depicting romance chastely and it's almost saying this is- this is like an elevated romance and the chasteness is part of why it is. Well, that's going to be the MPAA right there. It's like, um, like maybe, maybe even like if you're making a movie like this in the studio system, you're planning for, uh, 
like the representative from the Catholic organization and mm-hmm. from like, you know, uh, somebody for families uh, who's there at the MPAA viewing when they rate it. And you're like, no, no, we're going to make this a PG-13 rating. Well, but if they had an, if we had alluded to them sleeping together, it would still get a PG-13 rating. Sure. No, but, but I like, think it plays safer. It right? does. Sure, it plays safer. Um, but I think, I think, I don't think that was done for moralistic reasons. That was all story for me. Oh, why? Tell me. Well, you basically have this character who is assuming another character is like, is kind of a player, right? And so we want to indicate to her specifically that he's not just after sex um and so we craft a situation where they can sleep together where like sure he is on a bunch of benadryl and he's hopped up but we craft a situation where it's like hey we can sleep in the same place and he doesn't try to make a move Mm -hmm. and yeah yeah and i i think i would have liked to see hitch as written and directed by richard curtis because I think he would have gone further and farther, and I think we could have gotten even more character out of it. Because the more I think about Hitch in theory, he's more interesting to me than what we get on screen. Because here's a guy, his job is love, and he is so good at crafting romantic situations. But in his personal life, he didn't really try until Sarah. Because with Paula Patton, he hits on her, he he gets her and we are told but not shown that he goes to bed with her um but when he encounters someone like sarah you sound like such a pastor right now (laughs) (laughs) sorry it's my it's my years of going to young life camp just springing out of me (laughs) um but with sarah he clearly can see there's something more to be had and part of it's because of his brother-in-law giving him a nudge like hey you know there's more to life than just you know random encounters you can have something deeper and so i in talking about it get more of the intent with hitch and sarah is way more serious there's more at stake because this is not something he normally does yeah i and that's and she takes <laughs> you're right yeah that's what the movie's about <laughs> well <Ryan>. she <laughs> she takes i i think um this movie crafts a really cool um female counterpart to hitch in in vanessa because she even though it's by proxy of her job she takes the initiative the second time yeah and that, i really love that complication of like she has to concede that she kind of does want the second date, but she's kind of lying to herself a little that it's just for work, but she's also kind of happy to be in the situation in the first place, you know? And, and she kind of, so these characters uh, do so many good things in this movie. Like, you know, generally you're in a rom-com and people don't like, you got those tropes of people not telling each other where they're going to meet. They're just going to meet on a date. And in this movie, um, she literally says when and where and we're like thank you yeah and he's like at the marina seven in the morning this place um and then like at the uh at, at one point in time they meet up at a um towards the end of the movie they meet up at a speed dating thing that she's at and he 
just tells her the truth where she she thinks that he set her friend up with this horrible guy but he didn't and then he comes out and he's like i by the way i didn't do that and you got Mm -hmm. your sources wrong and maybe do some research next time and then he bounces and it's like he does what we want so many of these characters to do so often which is just speak out just tell the truth about the situation so that the other character knows the truth yet yeah the tension still remains like this movie does a really good job of that yeah i really hate it in rom-coms when they're like the conflict is based on a misunderstanding and that's very noble to have that because that's shakespeare's invention well i mean that's Um, that's real life too like oftentimes misunderstandings lead to like a, a breakdown in communication leads to turmoil yeah, but I think Shakespeare literally did it best of having these plots always are are operating off of something was miscommunicated or something was misunderstood. And that's why, you know, characters are either in these comic uh, situations or very dramatic situations. Um, but a lot of times in modern rom-coms, when it happens, it's just kind of like, Ugh, no, you don't get it. it it's not like that. And you're just waiting for characters to be like, wait, so you aren't X, Y, Z? And be like, no. And you're just kind of waiting for characters to catch up. Yeah. And I feel like this movie cut to the chase quickly of like, oh, the Vance thing? No, no, let me just tie that up right now. And let's just fix that right away. We don't have to elongate this this plot. Yeah. And, and I, I'm... There, there are moments and times where that is like at the beginning of this movie, whenever Hitch is kind of describing himself to his brother-in-law or vice versa, it's all on the surface. They're using metaphor to basically be expository or like towards the end when Hitch goes to repair things between um, Kevin James and uh, Amber Valletta. What's her name? What's her character's name? Allegra Cole. Allegra Cole. <sighs> Stupid name. Um, <laughs> uh, but he he goes to fix things, and then she's like, "But wait, so you told him to do this and this and this and this and this?" And um, you know, Will Smith's like, "No, I didn't tell him to do any of those things," and that worked. And it it really cuts to the chase of what each of them need to know in order to basically move on with the next step of the plot and it's not it's not the most deft writing but it's also not the worst yeah because we want to get into the actual meat of the real conflict because that's where we get the pleasure of the story itself is like well what about your guys's personalities is getting in the way that's what we care about that's what needs to be figured out rather than Um, the communication stuff because that can just be fixed with information Right. It's so annoying in a movie where I'm like, can you just call him and just figure it out? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that takes us to the third act where Sarah, through circumstance, finds out that Hitch is the date doctor. Well, she's been hunting the date doctor this whole time. And basically. Yeah, she yeah. finds out that it's Hitch. So she thinks this guy is just a hit it and quit it kind of guy. And she's not completely wrong now that I think about it. <laughs> no, that's technically she, no, a she's correct. Well, she doesn't think he's a hit it and quit it kind of guy. She's mad at him because he set her her friend up with a guy who is like that. And so by proxy of association, right. she assumes that he is, you know, into that realm. 
Right. She's assuming that she's being manipulated as well. Right. Yeah. That everything he's trotting out is fake. Um, it, okay. I think that's it. There's the actions and then there's the intent. And that's what completely puts Vance in a different corner from Hitch. Sure. They may have similar actions, but the intent is completely different. Well, yeah. And uh, I, I think um, the execution of those actions is also very important because like, like, let's say, okay, this is like the most manly, I guess, way I could do this. But let's say you're in a bar fight, right? No. <laughs> let's say let's say you have an argument at a bar. I with would somebody. leave if I was in a bar fight. Just, okay, let's say you're watching a movie of two people in a bar fight, <laughs> and um, this one one character they're having an argument with another, and one person sucker punches another person, but then they're both in the bar fight, right? Mm-hmm. Which one is the more reprehensible of the two? Oh. So how you execute those, like, because they're both in a fight afterwards and they both have scars and bruises and they go home aching. But the person who was the sucker puncher, unless the other person was a complete douchebag and they deserved a sucker punch. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just kind of what I'm getting at is it's not necessarily the intent because maybe the intent is to just go home and sleep with this person and leave the next day uncomplicated. But how you execute that intention is more important. And I think that's where we find Hitch. Yeah. It's your perspective and how you value people. Mm-hmm. And Vance clearly doesn't value anybody. No. He values um, a bull's butt. <laughs> so they get to this point in the movie where miscommunications are kind of figured out. And Sarah goes to see Hitch. And Hitch is mad at Sarah for ruining Allegra and Albert's relationship because of what she did. Yep. That's why he's mad at her. Yep. And so she comes to see him and she's like, Hey, want to work things out? And he's like, nah. Well, the intent is there to work things out, but she just apologizes basically. Yeah. But it, was an opportunity for Hitch if he wanted to swallow his pride he right. could have kept the relationship or rescue the relationship or he could have he said hey can you, f- you you should fix this situation yeah he could have done something but he's just like I just don't want to deal with you um, then he and Albert talk and Albert kicks his ass and says you know you don't care and you know, love is about being yourself and very good, you know, not hero. physically. Well, I want to point out that Kevin James in no way could kick Will Smith's ass. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, um, I don't know. He, he, he does have like some girth to him. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Kevin James strength. So he <laughs> decides, uh, Hitch decides, you know what? I do want a relationship with Sarah and he goes over there. And what I like Character-wise is he proves why he always does things planned out because he can't, he talks about this. The reason why I have this game and the reason why I help others with game is that we're not good at spontaneous feelings sharing. And yeah, that's the the ideal is to just share your feelings and be uh, transparent and honest, but that's really hard for us. It's really difficult for men to do. And I think all guys, and they do this in the movie too. They're like, yeah, you, you can't do that. <laughs> that part in the bar. I like you. I like you. 
Oh, no, that sounds good. You know, actually, he's That's got true. A you can't tell him that yeah. you like him. I tried that one time. It didn't go well. But I've crashed and burned on that. Yeah, I tried that. Totally didn't work. Like, because because we get tongue-tied, we get nervous, we say stupid things, and I think it's one of the most relatable, like, yep, that's, yeah, well, that's how I and feel. I, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to just be that guy, but I think this is a huge problem with our society, that men aren't taught from a young age how to be vulnerable with their feelings and yeah, open and, I think and that's, honest. Totally, and that, I think that's the great lesson about this movie is, like, do it. And yeah. he's so bad at it. And mm-hmm. I love that scene where he's like, but close the door and he's he just struggles through being spontaneously honest with her because if he has time to prepare he can do it well and i still think he's like batman in that way (laughs) yeah but he can still be himself if he just has a little time to prepare because those dates that he put on he's not manipulating her this is him this is him i i I get the sense that this is really hitch i mean it's kind of the way that a lot of introverts deal with like social situations like not in a Mr. Collins, I'm going to prepare the five best, you know, um, <laughs> compliments for this people tonight, but just in a look, okay, I'm going to this place. I just need to prepare. Cause I'm not generally used to being outgoing. Um, mm-hmm. and in the same way, he's, he's not used to being emotionally outgoing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like his pickup at the beginning of the movie, I say that's a line because it was clearly something he had thought through. Now, I so I think we have a pretty well-developed hitch at this point in time. And I just feel like Sarah got a little bit of the short end of the stick in this movie. Like, not in any way that was noticeable, because like you were saying before, it's a really well-made studio film. And so it kind of just keeps moving and it, we, we forget things that we're not supposed to know. But in thinking in retrospect, like, Sarah tells this story about, like, one of the hardest times of her life was when she thought her sister might die after she fell through some ice when they were ice skating. And, and we're all thinking, why are you telling us this story? Yeah. <laughs> what it does was, this it, have to do with anything? It came out of nowhere, um, but that's fine. They put it in there. So why not do something with it? I say it, it's, where it's, it's like, it's nice that it's there. We, it's nice to know that about her and we get a little bit of depth to her, but it's arbitrary depth because she's always waiting apparently like as as hitch like psychoanalyzes her in that moment he's like so you're always waiting for the mice to drop out from under you when everything's going perfect and (laughs) And we're all like we don't see that in any other part of her life i guess like she's never he's not like hey i really want to do this thing and she's like no i can't you're just getting too close or yeah so something i guess she's afraid of falling in a relationship but it would have made why why doesn't she get a romantic past that we get to learn about that could have been dramatic cuz Hitch's past is funny it's played for laughs It's because this movie's called Hitch <laughs> but she gets this tragic or semi-tragic childhood story that's trauma driven which is like just very um I don't know, formulaic character storytelling of like, tell a childhood trauma that'll develop your character. And it's like, <laughs> sure, I guess any childhood trauma will inform us about something about your character. So it's not, it's not false, but it's not helpful. No, it's um, really, it's really, it, it doesn't help the story at all, except allowing them to connect. Yeah. And I get the zoomed out version of like, I guess she's afraid of falling again when it comes to relationships. But again, that's such a, it's you're, so basic. You're really just trying to like, 
just tie it together and you're just pulling at those strings. Uh, so at the end of the movie, though, he goes over there. Why is she mad at him? Um, maybe because he was cold to her. Okay. But yeah. She's uh, like really mad at him. Yeah. It really doesn't. Well, no, she's not. She, he basically she gives him at... such attitude, which is hilarious that she gives him this, I think face we've for, all for, encountered for a, with significant for a others. second. But as soon as he starts explaining himself, like you see her behind the door and she's like, Oh, this yeah, guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. but it, it, it takes, it takes a good couple minutes. Sure. And, <laughs> I just love her reaction. He's like, can you close the door? And she's like, are you serious? I, she's such a good performer. That was yeah. such a good line reading. But I, why is she mad at him? Um, yeah. And yeah, that's the weird thing because it's not in the, like in lots of other movies we'll talk about, like it doesn't make sense what this actor was doing, but it more just doesn't make sense story wise here. And so it's they, one they're of- both pulling it off. It's one of those things where the movie's moving so quickly, you don't need to think about it, that you're just kind of like, yeah, she's mad. And, and it's it's like an inception where he's like, so how did we get here? Well, we just came from the... And it's that active dream <laughs> space of like, wait, you're not thinking about the origin to things like this. You're just kind of... It's so good at just stringing you along that you don't think twice, even though there's no reason behind it. Do you think there's a million forums online explaining the ins and outs of Hitch like an in inception? That would be lovely um but that's why i didn't buy the switcheroo with this guy because i was sounds so conceited i was an active enough viewer to be like we what we know about sarah is that she would never be going on some kind of anything intimate with a guy that quickly so whatever you're showing us can't be true and you prove and it isn't true it did bring false to me as well in that way because i was just like Wait a second. She just saw him. I mean, well, in my mind, the way I covered for it was I was like, well, maybe this is a couple weeks later or something. But even then, she was so resistant to Hitch. How could any other guy pick her up 10 times quicker than Hitch? No, 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 no. She, she wasn't resistant to Hitch. They went out on like two dates in two days. And had but, he not had Benadryl in him, they probably would have, you know, hooked up. I guess so, but... You know, it seemed like the movie was indicating, and now she's going on some weekend trip with some hot guy that she's suddenly yeah. really intimate with. And it's like she said she was so guarded with Hitch, she wouldn't have gone on a weekend trip with him. Like she goes on a really safe, well, not safe first date, but she goes on some kind of first date and is willing to go on some fake second date. I, I, uh, I'm hearing you right now. I'm hearing you. I'm here for you. Ah. It was I'll take, the one I'll, thing I'll take that care. it's the one thing that kind of spoiled the experience. I'm like, this doesn't make a lot of sense. But again, really fine studio film where it's like, it doesn't matter because you could ask the same thing of like, how can there be a magic castle over here and a millennium Falcon over here? It's like, you're not supposed to worry about it. They're just there. <laughs> They're just there. You're just going to enjoy the experience. We're just going to go and you have a good time. Um, you have a good time. So any other I, there's one trope in this movie that they kind of just twisted a little, and I, I want to know if um, you can you can find it. So this is welcome to Kelly's trope games. Trope games. Now this happens kind of three quarters of the way through the movie, um, and it involves generally a chase, but it's a little bit different here. 
Um, was it Albert running to Allegra Cole? No. Or was it Hitch running to Allegra Cole? I'll give you a thinking hint. He's you, running to. You've written one of these into her? one of your scripts before. A motorcycle chase. Mm, well, uh, where are they going in the your the motorcycle chase in your movie? The airport. Yes. And oh, she's going on a yacht. Yes. They. They. It's a chase to the port. Which we knew nothing about, so we have no idea what the the uh, urgency is. We have no indication from the story that she's fleeing the country via yacht. Yeah, it, it didn't really necessarily make sense, but it worked because it was a trope, and we all knew. Oh yeah, she's leaving somewhere because she's unhappy. And this 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 genre is so stupid. Sometimes it's like whenever somebody has like a bad breakup, they go somewhere. They like leave the city and i guess since they're all rich they can do that but most of us living in the real world if we have a breakup like i i'm saying this and i i had a breakup once and then i flew to la the next day but it also cost me 49 dollars um (laughs) but like that that trope of like just needing to leave and needing to get out of here and having to chase someone before they leave it's everywhere and it was in this movie just like so many tropes were in this movie yeah i remember really struggling with um when i was writing my rom-com and like concocting why these characters had to run to the airport and because this other person was leaving and in my head i'm like this is so stupid they can just call her when she lands (laughs) (laughs) every chase the airport I know every chase to the airport is such a waste of time because it's like, just wait, get on the next flight and you'll be there behind them just several hours. Like, like. I want to subvert that sometime by having like somebody call in like a bomb threat or something to an airport or like, like do just do something that isn't chase somebody to the airport, but like they land somewhere else and they're like, oh, hey, they get a phone call from them and they're like, I love you. And they're like, oh, I'll come home. Let me just find a flight. <laughs> so this does work in Nor Efron movies. In When Harry Met Sally, he runs to Sally because of the very romantic um, line, which I'm not going to butcher for you. So I'm just going to let Harry say it. I came here tonight because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. And it also happens in Friends. Um, Yeah. Last episode. And Sleepless in Seattle, it's about a child's safety. So that one makes sense. But he's not catching Jonah at the airport. He he fails at catching him at the airport and does have to get on the next flight to New York. Yeah, which is kind of fun. (laughs) But... Wouldn't that be more dramatic in most of these situations of missing them at the um, t- the place of departure and finding them at the place of arrival? So like in, in this one, more interesting in this one hitches on the boat and oh, like how how fun would this have been? This is another rewrite the movie moment where Hitch has gotten onto the boat. He's had to sneak on to her yacht because he's trying to save Kevin James and Allegra's relationship right now. He sneaks onto the yacht, but ends up getting knocked out somehow because he's like sneaking on. And then he ends up at sea with her and then has this conversation (laughs) at sea with her. And then Kevin James shows up on another boat trying to like stop her. (laughs) That would be more fun. Yeah. I don't know. It would take some more screen time. Sure. So ultimately I really like what they ended up going with. Um, oh, Notting Hill, it works too. Because how the heck are you supposed to find, reconnect to Anna Scott? 
There's just there's too many barriers, especially if you, you don't like have her personal cell phone numbers. Yeah, you can't yeah. get back to her. This that really was his last chance. But other lesser movies, nah, nah. Um, but again, the experience is working so well for me that it doesn't matter. It really yeah, doesn't matter. Exactly. This movie has enough charm and wit to really carry you through and romance. Okay. I want to get personal with you now. Oh, okay. On. I, no, I, I am sitting. I'm ready. I want to talk about how Hitch influenced my dating lifestyle. Oh, so you don't want to get personal with me. You just want to talk. Okay, go ahead. No, no, I want to start okay. by talking about myself. Go ahead. And then stop talking did it, and give you space to talk did about Did it teach yourself. you how to dance with 90, 90 degree angle arms? It sure didn't. Okay. Um, well, let's let's talk about you first. When did you watch this movie first? No, I want when to hear you your story. You go. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember who I saw this movie with, but I'm almost positive I saw it in theaters. So I'm almost positive I saw it when it first came out. And I think I was 16 when it came out, or 16 or 17. Um, and it was absolutely the movie <laughs> Teenage Ryan needed, who had such a uh, horrible low self-esteem. And he needed Cool Guy Hitch to come in and be like, relax, just be cool. We're going to make this work. And like I was so united and bonded to albert brenneman i'm just like okay whatever you say <laughs> mr hitch i am just at your at your feet please teach me everything and so i was never seeing myself being able to pull off a hitch line i was never going to be able to emulate what hitch does but i knew that i had what it takes to emulate what albert brenneman does and so when he's I I like took the advice that he gives to Albert as pure gospel. I was like, okay. Like I found myself in situations where it wasn't a date, but I was like, like when I was out with uh, a friend, like a girl I might like, and I found myself treating her the way that Albert does at an art gallery that we'd be like at some like American Eagle or something where maybe we're both clothes shopping or something. And I, it's like, don't stay too close, linger, but let her know you're around. <laughs> like, I had that in the back of my head. I'm like, that's how you got to be at the mall because I wasn't going to any gallery openings with girls in high sure. school. <laughs> no, but, but I, I know exactly what you mean. I actually did as well. Like <sighs> the, I think so, so few young men are hitch. <laughs> um, it, probably no young men are hitch, but we all need to learn the lessons of not being so just so freaking excited that anybody wants to go out and spend time with us in even maybe a slightly romantic setting that we just don't know how to act. And so we act like fools, but if yeah. we just learn to keep calm and just be ourselves and just be happy with ourselves, because all the lessons he's teaching Kevin James, like let's just take the art for instance, like you, what you just brought up where you see him like looking at his own art and appreciating it. It's just saying, be yourself. Don't have all the attention on her because that makes somebody feel very self-conscious. You know, you know, go, go check out your own art and just 
you know, but also be attentive and make sure it's like, hey, I'm here with you. And I know that. And they're very simple lessons if taught well. And this is kind of what fiction does best, right? Mm -hmm. Is it elucidate things better than our dads can? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, See, what I love about this movie is that it's got a sophistication. It's got a sophistication towards etiquette. And there's something sexy about etiquette. Sexica. Um, no. Nah. No, okay. <laughs> uh, but there's, I remember in high school. Eroticate. I was, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know about you, but I was really excited when I got into high school. Like, I remember graduating junior high um, and going into high school. And a book I bought myself, I like dropped some significant cash on this, was just a, a guide on on men's style on like uh like men's formal style and it just kind of like walks you through like different suits and formal wear and accessories and which fork to use for your salad not that this was just all sartorial fashion okay just like sartorial good word robin actually um educated me on that word the other day i needed this book basically it was like it, it was like preparing you like if you had to get a full wardrobe from like a Brooks Brothers, you would know what to say. Right. <laughs> like your day wear, your evening wear, your like pajamas, like all these classy things. And I remember when I was entering high school, I was like, you know what? I, I kind of want to fancy myself a gentleman. I, I think that's really cool. And Hitch came along and was like, all right, here's how to behave like a gentleman. When you go on a date, behave like this. And it's like, thank you. I had no idea. I, I, I had no clue. I am just like drooling over these women. I didn't know how to carry myself. And this is just kind of like, here's a starter. And that's what's beautiful about the movies. Like eventually Albert just settles into, it's okay if you spill mustard on your shirt, it's fine. Like, and it's okay to like dance like a doofus. That's how they dance at their wedding. And you start with etiquette to get you on a nice um, ladies and gentlemen place. And then you can be, you have a safe space to make things intimate. I think that's great. Yeah. I like it too. I think, um, I think this movie does, I don't, I don't know why, but this was definitely one of the most popular movies of the early two thousands. I mean, I Mm -hmm. do know why it just hits the cross section of being both safe and fun and funny and romantic. It's it's just like, it's everything a rom-com aspires to be generally. And it's not getting Mm -hmm. deep. This isn't one of our rom-coms that really, that really tugs at the heartstrings, nor is it one of those rom-coms that is just about superficial nonsense. It kind of is that rom-com for everybody. Yeah. So let me finish my personal Albert Brenneman story. Oh, go ahead. Uh, So I found myself on my first date in high school, my first real first date. And uh, Hitch had all the advice that I needed. I looked at her eyes. I didn't look at her mouth. Um, I stayed focused. I didn't daydream. I had to like actually talk myself through these bits of advice during the date. I'm like, remember, like, da 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 da. Um, and the big one that I was as nervous as that Albert Brenneman was nervous as was the first kiss. And I found myself in a situation extremely similar to what Albert had with Allegra. You were dating a celebrity? No, but I walked her up to the door and 
she lingered at the door and I knew I'm like, okay, you got to find your opportunity to go 90. Don't do it yet. But you, you know, let her, let her, I was, I was literally waiting for her to get her keys out so I could start the 90, 10 move. Um, but what happened is she had a keypad. Damn it. (laughs) She didn't have any keys. Her parents were waiting for her to get home and would unlock the door to let her back in. So her house was locked up. She didn't have a key. And so for her to get back in, she had to knock on the door so her mom would unlock it and let her in. So she was expecting the kiss and not knocking on the door. So you guys were basically in a stalemate. Well, (laughs) kind of. And I was just chattering away like an idiot because I was just kind of waiting for her to get the key out because I didn't, I was like, well, she doesn't have a key out. So I guess she just wants me to keep talking. (laughs) So I kept talking and she was basically like, "Uh uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And then she kissed me and it was a very like nice peck and it wasn't like this big kiss, but she went a hundred and I went like... (laughs) Negative 100 was like, oh my gosh, she's kissing me. Hitch, what do I do in this situation? You said 90-10. I don't know what this is. Um, She kissed me and then she quickly turned her back on me and just was knocking at the door of like, please do not let my mother come out to whatever this is. Um, Let's just end it on a good space. You go by now. We'll get that second date. Just go go away. We're good. Did you get a second date? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, but it was the one audible that Hitch did not prepare me for was <laughs> what if there is well, no key and their mother is waiting to open the door? Isn't isn't that the secret to life though? Is, is uh, you can't plan everything. Sometimes you no just have key. to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The key was in her heart all along. <laughs> but I remember just being like, everything went really well into the end. Still liked the end, but uh, wasn't what I expected. <laughs> Well, you can't plan everything. That's the whole point of Hitch. Mm-hmm. So that was my personal story. Now I double dog dare you to tell me your personal Hitch story. Um, my personal Hitch story was, um, it was more a Kevin James story. So I didn't have, um, uh, I I had an easier time dating in high school than you did. Um, just because... I don't know. Like I, I got lucky when I was like in seventh grade and I dated a friend who, and we kind of got rid of all of those awkward things like first kisses, which was super awkward, but like I went through that training ground when I was Mm -hmm. that age. And so by the time I was in high school, it was like, Oh sure. Awkward, fun, romantic. But it, it was just, I don't know. It was, it was rote by then. Um, But when I went to my first high school dance, um, uh, maybe it was my second. It was it was my first big dance that I went to with my friends. Um, I was so nervous about not being able to dance well, and kind of like who would you be comparing yourself to? I don't know who does dance well at dances, right? Well, no, but you have that idea of like you're going to. Well, honestly, there were some good dancers at our school. Like you, you had the. Um, the dance squad and all those kids were actually really good at dancing at the dance too. And make it's like when you go to, when you go to um, 
karaoke with like a really good singer and you're just like oh yeah i'm, I'm so excited to follow you thank you um <laughs> uh, but did people grind at your, your oh dances? yeah they were they were grinders and then there were um chaperones who tried to keep people from grinding it was so fun so were you worried about not grinding well is that what you're saying no no i did not grind at school i like doing any sexual act on the dance floor would have been far beyond the purview of what i knew how to accomplish um plus most of the most of the kids i hung out with like i was like a choir geek like like we weren't if if we were sexually active we weren't extrovertly sexually active uh to to quote juno we were sexually active um but um what i was worried about was like you know just kind of like dancing cool and so i go out there and I have that 90 degrees back and forth that Hitch always you yeah. know, teaches you. And I was like, okay, I can do that. I know I can do that. And so I'm out there doing that. And then I like the rhythm just got into me and I was like, no, no, that wasn't the, the, the message of the movie was to dance because then you're going to find somebody who dances like you and wants to be a dork with you. And so mm-hmm. I started dancing and that's actually how I met some of my choir friends and like I like I remember joining choir not too long after that because I met these people who danced really weird. And so like I, <laughs> you, I guess in, in a manner of speaking Hitch Hitch the movie helped more than Hitch himself. I'm trying to figure out where I learned this lesson but somewhere somehow I was told that when you're dancing the only rule is be original. I think that was Winston <laughs> Churchill figure, who said that. <laughs> trying to figure out where I got that, but that's where the Ryan was born. It was like, well, who's doing the Ryan? Oh, if all right. Well, maybe maybe when we have a YouTube channel, we'll post up what a Ryan is because it is hilarious and slightly is, sexy. <laughs> well, it's a mixture between the truffle shuffle, if it were sexy. <laughs> just because of the shirt aspect being kind of yeah 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 there's there's some belly that you uh, get to see in the ryan yeah we'll just tease it and leave it at that um but sarah i think both respects that and is also embarrassed by that somebody (laughs) somebody has a um a a mini hdv tape with evidence of that (laughs) we borrowed we we made a documentary once and ryan did that in the middle of a dance and i don't know where that tape is like i have no idea where that tape is (laughs) Mm. oh well i i did want to say about albert and i think this is something you and i definitely aspire to is um albert's like yeah the girl's allegra cole and hitch is like the allegra cole and he's like yeah i Yes, please. And he's like, man, you swing for the fences. And I think that's that's something that I also absolutely related to in dating is that I always swung for the fences. And that's why I was constantly disappointed is that I didn't I was never interested in casual dating. And I was always going after like the girl. And that's why it took me so long to actually date women. Um, But that's why it was with Sarah is that she was my Allegra Cole where it's just like, no, I got to stick this out. I'm not walking away. I'm not moving on. There's something so unique about this girl. So perfect. So special about her. I can't, I can't walk away. Like I've walked away from other girls. And I, I had that Albert Brenneman 
optimism. And that's why this is one of the like diamond things I love about rom-coms is that it gives you romantic courage and romance in your life is such a unique way of living. It's a unique aspect to your life and it's not something to be squandered. And I'm really glad that I had that. Like, don't worry if you think it's intimidating. Um, if you have an attraction to a woman, go for it, pursue it. That's the lesson you learned. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So what, what are you, what would you say to our audience then? Don't be a, don't be intimidated by the Allegra Coles in your life. Go for it. Okay. If there's a girl or a boy that you're interested in, don't don't be intimidated. Don't let anything get in your way. Well, okay. Yes. Um <laughs> you know, things things do get in your way though, and so it's it's okay if things get in your way as well. You know, well, things happen. What I mean is what I mean is don't don't psych yourself out. Don't, don't psych don't yourself say, out. I think that's the most important part. That's what I mean. Yeah. Don't let yourself get in the yes, way. Yes, like, that is I really good advice. I understand life gets in the way. I understand life throws I've heard obstacles. life finds a way, actually. <laughs> but that's what my problem was in the foibles of my dating. It's like I got in my own way every time. Mm. It was always my fault. It was always, and I don't mean that like I'm beating myself up. It's like, no, I overthought everything. I did all the things that were counterproductive to just basic intimacy. And I got in my own way. And I figured that out with Sarah. I got out of my way so that we could have a relationship. That's great. I feel like that's what Kevin James does as well in this movie is like, he's always kind of beating himself up for like spilling mustard on himself, but since earlier he, you know, taught her how to whistle that like that kind of got him out of that moment when she whistles and he's like, oh, I don't have to pay attention to myself because I'm paying attention to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is this is kind of a, a mantra that somebody told me when I was younger. Um, a mantra is not the right word, but uh, some some wisdom to live by is to not focus on. Not focus on your own inner workings and your own insecurities as much as trying to do something nice for somebody else and that brings you out of that moment because for me i i've definitely dated at different points in time in my life where i was just so focused on myself and like how i was or was not doing the right thing in a situation Mm -hmm. and it just killed my chances because in, in a small way you're being super selfish when you're just so focused on your own insecurities. And that's not to say if you have insecurities, you're a selfish person because that's not what I'm saying. It's just that a lot of times we get so wrapped up in whether we are being perfect or not, that we stop being there for other people and being there for other people is all about building a relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, let's give this movie an Oscar. Let's give it a here. You want to say it with me this time? Rom com Oscar. Oscar. Very good. Ooh. Ah oh, man. Oh no. I know it. Best studio rom com. Asterisk. Not led by an auteur. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Way to tie it all together. Like this movie did not. Um. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Let's see. You know what? 
I think this movie has, we didn't really talk about it very much, but this movie has probably the most fun. Like we didn't talk about this at all, but Kevin James and Will Smith have a great time together. Um, Mm -hmm. Will Smith and Eva Mendes have a great time together. Like Mm -hmm. I I think out of all the rom-coms that we've watched so far, this is the most fun we've had. And so I'm giving it Oscar for most fun. (laughs) So a lot of um, rom-coms end the way this one does with a wedding. Again, that's because Shakespeare invented it. Um, Oh yeah. Much to do about nothing. I think if you want to test is at the end of a movie and it's got a wedding scene like it does and the music is going, are you bopping along with them? Because if you are, it worked. Because you see these characters as real uh, people and you see yourself at the wedding with them and you are feeling what that wedding would have been like had you been in the room. Because we've all been, I hope we've all been to a good wedding. Yours was one of those like great, weddings that when people everyone's dancing together the room is just (laughs) the room is connected to each other and what's great about this movie is that i feel like it uh nails it that all these characters are on screen and they're dancing together and i'm just like yeah i am feeling this robin and i were having so much fun when we were watching that scene we're like yeah yeah no matter what else like this movie got us on board with all these people having a good time Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm And like In and Out has pretty much the same ending of being at a yeah a, a very much renewing of the vows, but it's it's the wedding dance credits big hot song at the end and everyone's dancing together. It worked a little bit more for me here in Hitch. Um, oh, I okay. Still. My only quibble, my only big quibble with this movie, ugh, it didn't have a Will Smith rap in it, and I'm sorry. It just <laughs> it just it felt incomplete. Okay, so uh, next I just need to know who you'd fall in love with through after a Um, series of three dates of course as much as i connect to albert and he is my avatar i would actually fall in love with eva mendes talk to me about it she just has this really cool sounds so lame like you've got a cool personality (laughs) (laughs) but she does she has a cool personality (laughs) yeah She's really like, I like Allegra. I think she's sweet and nice and I wouldn't mind dating her. Um, but there's something really electric about Eva Mendes character on screen. And she just seems chill, cool, down to earth. Uh, yeah, she really does. I'm, she I'm seems, smitten. she seems like a good time and yeah. intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. She's pretty cool. Um, oh, and classy too. I like how she rejected that guy. Yeah, yeah. She she was like, um, you know, I'm not going to destroy you right now, but I could. <laughs> yeah, there's this one time where Sarah was like, uh, she's like, oh, yeah, I went to uh, went to a bar just to have a drink by myself. And this guy hit on me and I think I handled rejecting him. Nice. I'm like, hmm, great, cool guy hitting on you. <laughs> I like didn't hear like, that's nice that you classy rejected him. But uh <laughs> <laughs> I got to punch this guy in the nose if he's hitting on my wife. And she's like, no, you don't need to. I can reject guys. And after seeing Eva Mendes do it, I'm like, okay, fair enough. Fair <laughs> See, enough. even more things that Hitch, Hitch has taught you, Ryan. <laughs> That's like, it's cool. Uh, <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> um, I, uh, whew, well, for me, 
I, I was definitely torn because, you know, Kevin James is great, but um, I don't know. He's such a he's such an accountant. Um, I don't really go for CPAs, generally speaking. Um, mm-hmm. No offense. I just I know some nice CPAs. Uh, not Allegra. I kept mistaking her for Cameron Diaz. I think that would have been a better casting if it was Cameron Diaz because we're supposed to believe that Allegra Cole is like this intimidating person and it's kind of like, hmm, she's really rich. Yeah, she's rich, but she's, she's intimidating. She's just kind of nice. Um, like, I really want to say Will Smith because he's just everything you could possibly want. But I'm going to have to go with Eva Mendez just because... I'm sorry, but I'm just so attracted to her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's a very beautiful woman. She's just, she's a, like, this is, this is the most basic I've gotten on this segment, but she's very attractive and seems super down to earth. Mm-hmm. I hate her job though. And maybe we would clash over that. So I don't know, but, um, yeah. Yeah. And that's why, uh, real quick, you guys should check out Philadelphia story because, that's a movie that actually deals with um, Jimmy Stewart is being foisted into being a gossip columnist. He's like, I don't want to cover this society story. <laughs> and I wish, I wish Eva Mendes was more of a Jimmy Stewart in this movie yeah, it's, where she's like, I don't want to cover this society story. I don't know why, but it's so hard to get on board with gossip columnists. And it's, it's not like they're horrible people or anything like that. It's just that like the job itself is not something that is super, like it's hard for me to get on board for people prying into other people's lives on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wouldn't it have been better if she was a junior reporter at this paper and she's getting pressure of like, Hey, you know, if you wanted to like, you've been talking about trying to be like a real, a reporter with like real clout. Well, you could, if you wrote like this, if you wrote like gossip columnist, that would give you real power. And she'd be like, I don't know. But like, the late stage conflict is her kind of embracing this kind of kind of dark side choice. It's kind of a dark side choice to um, ruin this relationship yeah. in order to get the gain in her career. Yeah. And it, I think it would have been more monumental if it was if it would done something huge for her life. But it's just another day of being a gossip. Column. It just feels like I mean, it just feels like a less a, a much better executed version of the Christmas Prince. Um, like, like, cause that's kind <laughs> yeah. of her job, right? Is she's just like this kind of gossip. I tried to and, forget where she worked at I, uh, a Christmas Prince. She seemed to work at, but I like empty. We I like the, the Christmas Prince, even though the people who work with um Sarah in this movie are, you know, f- fine and they're not like horrible people, I guess. And the people in the Christmas Prince are just like, you guys suck. Yeah, yeah. you guys, you guys. I don't want to hang out with you ever. Um, anyway, that's my opinion. I guess we can take it or leave it. Um, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Ryan, for watching Hitch with me. This was a pleasant surprise. No, it wasn't a surprise. I knew exactly how great it would be. <laughs> um, this is a great movie. Uh, let's uh, let's pick our movie for next week. All right. Give me a number between one and one sixty four. Um, twenty nine. That's my unlucky number. Oh no. Oh, but not an unlucky movie. We have Chocolat. Oh. Ah, 
You sound like the Joker from Michael Keaton Batman. <laughs> and you love that Juliet my number one. <laughs> Juliet Binoche and uh, Johnny it's Depp. A weird time to be Johnny Depp these days, but uh, we are going to jump right into that. Ah, yeah, I, I, I love seeing a Johnny Depp movie though. Um, mm-hmm. So we got um, and a good soundtrack. Gosh, this is Rachel Portman. Um, yeah, she's great. Yeah, and I, like I, I know this because it's a lot, a lot of my writing soundtracks. So I'm excited for this one. I haven't seen this in probably like 10, 15 years. Oh yeah, it's great. Cool. I'm really looking forward to well, it. Well, um, where can people find us, Ryan? At Romcomjunts on Instagram, gents. on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, email us at romcomjunts at gmail.com. Nice. And uh, if you want, you can just uh, email in with any suggestions of movies that you have or any opinions on any of the stuff we've reviewed so far. We'd love to put you on the air. And yeah, just uh, or you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear from you on there. Um, Yeah, just skip right over. You'll find a link to that on our website now. Yeah. 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 all right. Well, Ryan, uh, this is our third date, and so I'm going to go 90% of the way and say, I love you. Ah, oh, thanks. Thanks for going that other 10. <laughs> I'll catch you around, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> and this is where we will say oh, goodbye. Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. So see you next week on the Gentleman's Guide. To rom-coms. <laughs>